Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's happening, everybody? Welcome. It's another... What's happening, everybody? <laughs> Welcome. It's another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxson Studios in Honolulu. Uh, yeah, we got the uh, microphone plug working now, so we're all good to go. Live radio is the best, especially when you have a co-host like I do today. None other than uh, my buddy, uh, Rob DeMello, KHON2 Sports Director. What's up, Robbie D? What's up, man? We're so concerned with making sure that <laughs> yeah. mine was plugged in that we... We didn't care to look at yours. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're like, we better help Rob because... <laughs> He's the rookie around here. <laughs> yeah. Kanoa does this every day, so he knows what's going on. <laughs> Wrong. All right, uh, 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also uh, text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. A whole lot going on in the world of college sports. A whole lot going on that is at least indirectly related to University of Hawaii sports. And uh, kind of a good buildup and perhaps the timing ironically works out. Uh, because we have the last Craig Angelus show of the calendar year uh, coming up tonight at 6 p.m. as well at Velocity Honolulu. So uh, we will be taking calls uh, for the whether you have questions or comments for the athletics director Craig Angelus uh, that'll be uh, again tonight at 6 p.m. so looking forward to that there's a lot that's on his plate here at the moment and certainly the biggest story continues to be here even the day after uh, reaction to the decision by Hawaii quarterback Braden Shager uh, to enter the transfer portal we talked about it at length yesterday got a bunch of calls and texts on that um, and so it was you know it was just kind of a weird day right because there was a bit of a contradiction Addiction. A week ago, uh, it was reported that he had uh, the intent of entering the transfer portal that was, in essence, debunked, at least in the moment, by head coach Timmy Chang. Uh, but in the world of NIL and transfer portalism, um, things can change. Things can turn on a dime and offers can come out of nowhere. And what's interesting to me uh, and what continues to be something that I think has to be a uh, maybe the first rule that's applied here in this uh, wild uh, rule and structureless world of NIL and transfer portalism uh, is you can't get an offer unless you enter the transfer portal. That would be number one, but that isn't the case. And, and so that can be something that really is a convincing factor and a decision-making factor for players uh, in the position of Braden Shager but uh, it's interesting because while there has been a reaction of a lot of people who are obviously disappointed uh, because of the potential that he has shown in his time at the University of Hawaii there are people that question the the certain elements of loyalty this that and the other Uh, I still think that there's a pretty large percentage of the people out there the Hawaii fan base uh, who has taken more of the approach of hard to blame them Hard to blame them in this day and age. What's your approach here? What's been your reaction, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, that reaction that you're talking about is kind of goes back to the hate the player, not the game, or, or hate the game, not the player, right? Um, that's this essentially what's going on here, where this is the world that we live in. This is the the world of college football, and this is what happens. And, yeah, I mean, put yourself in that situation. And, you know, and I can admit when I'm wrong, too, right, because— at this time last week, 
I was saying like, all right, everyone needs to calm down. Like, <laughs> just because someone's good at football doesn't mean that it that they're gonna be leaving. That there's relationships. It goes beyond just uh, where you're playing college football. It goes to you know people are happy and they're treated well and all that. And and then uh, less than a week later, the starting quarterback for the University of Hawaii out of nowhere says that he's leaving the program. And so I was wrong and a little bit of bocce there when we were talking about it last week, but. You know, that's just the the nature of college football now. You're right. There needs to be some guardrails put in place as far as, you know, what it's become is is players announcing that they're entering the transfer portal, which means that they've already have something lined up, right? Where Well, not necessarily, but in most cases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah. Is that, you know, the the whole transfer portal, the the purpose of it is to say, hey, I am available. What's my value? What's my value? But, it, you know, it seems that in very, in many, many, many cases, and that leaves the University of Hawaii, I mean, this is across the country, that it works in the opposite, that entering the transfer portal is just your way of letting people know that you're no longer at this program and that you've already found out your value. You've already began a bidding war. And uh, I think that's something that needs to 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 stop and you know how do you how do you do it though right in, in this day and age of of contact being so easy for everybody and with social media and with cell phones and all that this isn't the 1980s where you had to go and fly to a town to talk to a kid right so um, I think that's the next step as far as how do you try to make this thing as fair as possible well and I think what was surprising to me to a degree um and and you know this is you're talking about a college kid so you know trying to expect there to be certain tactical uh, strategies taken in the decision making process here and 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 not even just the decision making process but the informing of the inner circle within UH football to have that expectation on a kid who's you know anywhere between uh, 19 and 23 years old uh, might be a little unrealistic but it surprised me to a degree how surprised his teammates were you you saw some of his teammates like cam stone stephen mcbride take to twitter or x uh and post basically how surprised and shocked they were by the report by pete Thamel of espn earlier in the day that's in essence how they appeared to find out and so that isn't ideal and, and probably could have been handled better. But again, we're talking about college kids here. So the expectation of them, um, you know, in, in what is an unprecedented time and an unprecedented maneuver for them, uh, that, that's probably a bit unrealistic there. We do have a, uh, a texter here. Again, 808-296-1420, the number. UH is becoming the, quote, what-if football program. What if Drew Brown, Cole McDonald, Chevin Cordero, or now Braden Shager had stayed another year, especially Shager? The O-line was improving. There was the emergence of Ashlock and McBride at wide receiver and Cordero at running back. The Shager bombs were beginning to hit their targets. He could have had a Colt Brennan-like year next year and been on the Heisman radar. Dang. UH football, one step forward and two steps back. Thank you, Colt, for staying. I saw somebody post on uh, social media. Like, it seemed like an appropriate time to remember that Colt Brennan, uh, at a time where uh, you didn't have the option to necessarily transfer to another program for money, you could transfer to another program for profile and playing time and those kinds of things, but it wasn't as though I'm making this move because there's money there to be realized. Uh, Colt Brennan had to make the decision of whether or not to turn pro. That 
was the land. That was the area where you could get paid to play football and you get you could get paid and rewarded for what you had accomplished as a collegiate player. Now you can stay in the college game and still find that reward through the transfer portal. Uh, but that uh, poster on, on social media basically saying, you know, we should probably appreciate that decision that Colt Brennan made. And uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that could be a whole other conversation of uh, just how different his life could have turned out had he decided to turn pro then. But uh, what do you think about what the texter said as far as some of that the what if stuff? Yeah. Uh, first off, a little bit about what, what you're just talking about with the, the Colt Brennan decision. And yeah, I mean, obviously everybody at that time, everyone moving forward, all appreciated what Colt did. It's interesting, though, when you think about at that time and just how different college football is, right? Where at that time, coming off of his junior season, Colt had a decision to make as far as, okay, do I come back for his senior year, try to increase my draft profile, um, and then at the same time, be at the place I love and try to bring Hawaii all this success, or uh, do I enter the NFL draft at that point? You know, that's where the money was, right, was, okay, going to the NFL. What's interesting now is that not every quarterback is guaranteed an NFL future one way or another. And so this allows quarterbacks to make their money now because more than likely that NFL contract isn't in their future. I mean, you look at Brock Purdy right now making, what is it, $800,000, right? I mean, there's probably 10 college football quarterbacks right now making more money than Brock Purdy, right? You look at the guys that are entering the portal right now, like Dylan Gabriel is going to be making more than Brock Purdy next year no matter where he goes, right? Whether it's Oregon, USC, or wherever that that he lands, he's going to be making that guaranteed money and and then – you know, after six years of college football, maybe he gets an opportunity in the NFL. But if he doesn't, he made his money playing the game of football now. Yeah. And that's what makes this all so interesting. Colt's decision was, do I go to the NFL now or do I stay in college? And he was able to get a insurance policy sure, yeah. to where if his stock dropped, which it did, he, he made money off of that. Yeah. He made money off of staying at the University of Hawaii through the insurance policy. Now the insurance policy is in college and it's guaranteed money before you even try to take that next step. It's it's beyond yeah, interesting to me. It, it almost becomes, in essence, a de facto turning pro type of decision, yeah, right? I mean, this yeah. is kind of Braden Shager's pre-professional football, professional football decision, uh, depending, of course, how this winds up and where he ultimately lands. Uh, we do have a texter uh, who has uh, texted in and basically said, um, Kanoa, if Braden Shager goes to a Power 5 school, then it was a good decision. If he doesn't go to a Power 5 program, then it wasn't a good decision or it was a bad move. How would you measure that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it all comes down to what he's getting out of the opportunity, right? Let's say he stays in a group of five, but he gets money to to do so. I mean, then is it a bad decision on his part, his business, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's the kind of, and, and we're not going to know. We're not going to know what the deal is. It's not like he, you know, on signing day, they announced the terms of whatever. And, and so... I think we're just going to have to wait and see. And, and this is just the, the, the world of college football we live in. And, and it works both ways. The University of Hawaii needs to, if, if you're not able to play with the big boys as far as money goes, then, you know, then there needs to be a collection of the brain trust of, okay, what is our advantage? How do we attack this thing? 
right? And how do we become the destination for guys like Stephen McBride, who was at the Power 5 program, who didn't have an opportunity? How do we sell ourselves as the landing spot? And so, yeah, there's a good chance we lose players in the future that are trying to level up. But then how do we replace those players with the players that had their opportunity and it didn't work out? I mean... You look at, uh, everyone loves to talk about the glory days. I mean, a lot of those guys, Cole Brennan didn't start his collegiate career at the University of Hawaii. Travis LeBoy didn't start his collegiate career at the University of Hawaii. There's a lot of guys through that era that were guys that were given a second chance. And that just needs to be focused uh, by the University of Hawaii, which we've seen, though, in this first signing class for Timmy Chang. And we see through the the offers and, and through the recruitment process of this time around that that seems to be something that they're taking serious. Yeah, and that still applies. That still applies now, and that still probably represents a huge sweet spot for Hawaii in the recruiting realm, right, is kind of that approach that June Jones and that coaching staff really benefited from was, all right, we're going to get the guys who are sort of on uh, the, the second time around looking for another chance, right, who kind of blew it potentially or ran into some turbulence in their personal or college football lives and we're going to be that safe haven to give them another opportunity and it worked so many times didn't always work but it worked so many times uh, that I still think that that is an applicable approach to recruiting for Hawaii particularly when you're not going to be able to compete with the four stars who are going to have so much money flash in front of them just coming out of high school let alone these guys in the transfer portal but I think you make a good point and something that has to continually be reiterated is the transfer portal does go two ways Uh, and so for as much as the group of five or non-power conference teams are going to suffer because you know there are people who refer to them now as sort of the farm system for the power conferences um, it's going to go the other way as well it will be a landing spot for players that maybe didn't realize uh, or or, or what their expectations were by going to those power schools Uh, those weren't realize they didn't come to fruition and they're going to be looking for um an opportunity to just play more uh, and it was funny because it was a different sport altogether and wasn't really related to the big news of Braden Shager entering the transfer portal but had Justin McCoy on the show yesterday of the Rainbow Warrior basketball team and he's a guy who played four years two at uh, Virginia two at North Carolina and then he made the decision all right I'm going to go across the continental U.S. and halfway across the Pacific to go play at this program because I want to play more and I want an opportunity to show my skills for a respectable program um obviously it it helped that juan muñoz is his uh, childhood buddy and and former high school teammate uh, was here helping in the recruiting process but it was kind of a timely conversation to have uh based on what his perspective was uh, as it pertains to the transfer portal yeah and i i'm not here to tell anyone how they should feel about any subject right but you know, the thing to remember with this and with the transfer portal and with the, the moving of schools and all that is that, yeah, it, I mean, it works in both ways. Like you're not going to look at Justin McCoy or Stephen McBride or Kealoha Polaris or Bryant Moniz, anyone that didn't start their career at the University of Hawaii and not trust them or not question their character and their loyalty just because they came here as their second stop. Right. And so it works both ways. I mean, I don't think any not every person that leaves the University of Hawaii should be labeled as this person that is disloyal or their characters in question and all that. I mean, because, you know, Hawaii has benefited many a times 
from this. And so I think that's just the way it needs to be looked at. I mean, it's almost like that situation where this would come up a lot as far as uh, Hawaii fans that are that are upset about local players that choose to go elsewhere, right, and feel that their quote-unquote Hawaii card should be taken away because <laughs> they could have played at the University of Hawaii and chose not to. Well, it works both ways. There are thousands of Hawaii athletes every year that don't get an offer from the University of Hawaii. So does that mean that coaches that have the opportunity to offer a Hawaii kid that doesn't, does that mean that they're being disloyal to Hawaii if they're bringing in a kid from another state, right? So you can't just pick and choose that, hey, this guy had a chance to go to UH and chose not to, so therefore this person is not loyal to the islands. Well, what happens when a coach doesn't offer a Hawaii yeah. kid? Does that mean that they're not loyal to the islands, right? Yeah, and, and what also has to be considered, I think, in large part, is this has been happening with coaches for decades. And while, you know, you can say, hey, this is a bit new from the student-athlete perspective, it most certainly is, um, coaches have been making this kind of move for like the entire recent history and and modern era of college sports and college football in particular, where they're going to cut their teeth with a smaller program that could never pay them on the same scale that a larger program or a program elsewhere could. And so they make that business decision oftentimes if they find a level of success with that smaller program to make that transition. And so it's hard to begrudge student athletes who have now in very recent years been granted that same opportunity uh, to then say, Hey, that's, that's kind of pilau uh, for you to turn your back on, on the program, uh, or at least, you know, the perception of you turning your back and entering the transfer portal. That said, I do think one of the things that is going to be, it's going to take some getting used to. And what is, what is difficult, a difficult pill to swallow is uh, here was this guy, Braden Shager, who now the, the loyalty goes both ways, right? He was recruited by the Todd Graham and that regime, uh, stayed at Hawaii through a coaching change. So he showed Hawaii some loyalty. But oftentimes when you have a new head coach come in, particularly an offensive-minded coach, a former quarterback, they're going to have a very specific view on what they want from that position. And I think Timmy Chang uh, showed a little bit of faith in Braden Shager as well. It was kind of a two-way street, where it was like Braden showed a little loyalty to this Hawaii program. Timmy Chang showed some blind faith in Braden Shager and says, hey, look, we're going to keep going with you. And so that relationship, I think, was one that had the appearance of, hey, these two guys did each other a solid. Mm -hmm. And so for there to now be this scenario and this decision made, I can understand how that's a difficult pill for some people to swallow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you bring up a good point as far as it's going to take getting used to of having the players being in control of themselves in this way because we've Dick Tomey, June Jones, Nick Rolovich, right? I mean, th- those are three of the most successful coaches in UH football history, uh, three of, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, and all of them leveled up, right? But then we're used to that because that's what coaches do, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And the coaches who don't do that, though, we love them, right? Riley Wallace could have left many times and yeah. didn't. Right. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that, you know, that one is better than the other. It's just like that's just what you go about. I mean, you know, not to get too personal, but you could have gone elsewhere. You could have left Hawaii and made more money and chose not to. I've had those situations, th- those uh, opportunities, and I chose not to leave Hawaii. Does that mean that we're any better than anybody else? No. Does it mean that we're stupider than anybody else? <laughs> Probably. No. No. <laughs> what it means is that that's what works for us. We want to be mm-hmm. here. So we stayed here. Others didn't, 
And that's what works for them. And so it's the same thing yeah. with these players and coaches. And, you know, maybe there's just a reminder, too, of the ones, the players that did stay on this roster, the players that do return for next season, well, then love them up, love them up even more, right? Yeah. And, and and if there's an NIL opportunity and you see some fundraising or whatever, then you try and, and put money into it so that this doesn't happen again. We got more texts to get to. We'll do that on the other side. Try Domino's Mix and Match Special. Download the Domino's app and get any three items for just $7.99 each. You can choose from pizzas, pastas, boneless chicken bites, and more. Find the Mix and Match deals under the coupon section on the app. Domino's Hawaii, they deliver aloha. Robbie D's in the house. More when we come back. I really can't stay Baby, it's cold outside I gotta go away Baby, it's cold outside Oh man, Robbie D is feeling in the Christmas spirit Are you like a Christmas guy? Do you like love the holiday season? Yeah, yeah, I think I do uh, And I love Christmas music Yeah In fact, I was listening to it driving here Yeah, alright I'm gonna make the request though With uh, our programming director, uh, Josh Pacheco To replace this version With the Willie K and Lehua Kalima oh, version Of Baby, yeah, It's Cold that's Outside good. I was gonna say John Legend But yeah, you win yeah, yeah, yeah. Get John Legend. That was, no, he, that's was a good one too. Really that's great. a good yeah. one too. But uh, yeah, you're, you're, once you go Willie yeah, K, yeah, it's kind of hard yeah. to move off of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. Uh, that's the voice of Rob DeMello. That's right. He's the KHON2 Sports Director. Konoa Leahy on this side uh, here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. Text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, we got a whole bunch of texts to get through. So uh, let's work our way through them here, shall we? One is uh, Factor. Out of high school, Shager did not have uh, other FBS offers other than Hawaii. Is he aiming too high? I'm not sure if he didn't have any other opportunities opportunities uh fbs that, that would be I something i thought he had north texas uh, that's what i thought as well i that, we, that would be something we'd have to confirm there but uh the question basically coming down to is he aiming too high here going into the transfer portal uh it would be very unlikely that he would decide to make that move without there being something that he is of the knowledge of with regard to an offer or with the guard, uh, regard to an opportunity elsewhere. I don't think he would just be blindly entering the portal. There are some players that do that. Uh, players that enter the portal don't necessarily always have the intent of leaving either, but it's more of a, a negotiational tactic in some respects where they gauge their value and they, they can kind of utilize that to maybe up their ante uh, with their previous program. So in this case, though, I, I don't think he's aiming too high, quote-unquote, depending on how you define that. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at who's in the portal from the University of Hawaii, I think right now there's like nine nine names or ten um, from the from the spring all the way to now. Uh, and, you know, you look at Najee Bryant and Jonah Chong and Jordan Johnson and Jalen Walthall and, and, you know, guys like that. I think those are the guys that they entered the portal um, because they they want a fresh start, right? They they want to find something new that that is a better fit for them. When you look at Braden Shager and Matthew Shipley, I think those are guys that they have an idea of what is out there for them. Um, because you are in a place, you have good standing, you have your spot, you are building something here. Um, I don't think you jump in blindly. And you know, again. That's just our speculation, but I'd imagine that Matthew Shipley and Braden Shager have an idea of if, whether it's not where they're going, but the places that they could go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some options for sure. Uh, another texter asks, is there a Bryant Moniz in the current quarterback room? Uh, sort of in uh, maybe undiscovered kind of diamond in the rough 
uh, type of player. Uh, the names mentioned, John Keavi Sangopolutele, question mark. Uh, is it Farrell, question mark. Uh, or is our hope in incoming freshman Micah Alejado? There was another texter that was asking what the status of Alejado is. Obviously, uh, a little more important that this guy signs that letter of intent, particularly with the scenario in that QB room as it currently stands. But uh, how do you answer that question? And, and what would you say about Alejado, who's been pretty open about his firmness in his commitment to Hawaii to this point? Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where uh, Michael was in town for that Colorado State game. I was able to talk to him on that Saturday evening, and he said, no events or buts. I'm coming to the University of Hawaii. I'm signing on December 20th. Um, since then, you had this Braden Shager announcement, and, and then uh, Michael went straight to Twitter, and, I mean, minutes after that was done, and said, all right, let's get this, December I mean, if 20th, anything, go that, If anything, that almost sweetens the deal for him, right? It yeah. allows him, I mean, he will compete for a starting position immediately when he gets here, which they're expecting to be in January as an early enrollee. Yeah, I mean, again, it's college football. Who knows what happens between now and December 20th, but um, all signs are pointing towards that not being an issue and that Michael Alejado will be signing with the University of Hawaii on December 20th. We'll see maybe even, I'm, I'm hearing some talk about possibly enrolling in the spring. I know there's an issue with Bishop Gorman. You can't do that if you're at Bishop Gorman. And so we've seen it in the past where uh, guys will leave that school, mm -hmm. enroll in another school in Las Vegas um, just to get their transcripts put over to that they can mm -hmm. Um, graduate early and then graduate yeah. early and then they'd be able to come here in and spring. That, and that, I know that, that that the wheels are in motion for that to happen. That has been sort of the reported intention there. Uh, what about some of the other QBs in that room at the yeah, moment? Yeah, you know, the Bryant Moniz comparison is a little unfair and, and we remember that story as Bryant Moniz, eighth on the depth chart, and and then he skyrockets himself to the number one position and ends up being all-conference and a preseason Heisman contender and all that, Right. But the thing we got to remember is that Bryant Moniz was a junior college national championship quarterback who was the best quarterback at the JC level coming out in that recruitment process. And it was just a different time where mm -hmm. the JC recruiting wasn't as huge as it is now. And so he wanted to come home and he came to the University of Hawaii. But think of it as, you know, Jordan Ta'amu going to the Virginia Military Institute or New Mexico Military Institute and showing that he's a baller and then going into the SEC. That is what you got out of Bryant Moniz. And, and the reason why he came in as the number eight quarterback is because he was coming to Hawaii no matter what. He wasn't trying to go anywhere else. And so he walked on and join that program therefore you start at the bottom but this was a guy with college experience was considered the best quarterback at the JC level and um so I, I think this to to put that on anyone that's mm -hmm. on the team now is I think a little unfair I think development needs to take place for that to happen uh speaking of development another texter asks uh, or says the tough part about Shager leaving is that Chang put his development first in games that Hawaii was getting blown out, Chang left him in to develop the offense. Now looking back, he probably should have played backups more to see what he has, maybe further develop some of those other options. Hindsight is always 2020. Um, if if there was a notion that maybe he would need a little further game experience for some of these other QBs in the room, then yeah, I think it would have been likely that we would have seen um, some of those changes or substitutions more frequently. Um, but um, you know, when you're in the season, when you're in the, the midst of battle and you're trying to develop your offense for the now, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how, how different the scenario would be. Yeah, and I think the thing you got to remember too is that in that season, in that 2023 season, 
the backups were Jake Farrow and Joey Yellen, who had every opportunity to be QB1, right? Because when Timmy Chang got here, it was an open competition. And Joey Yellen came in here, and a lot of people thought that he was going to be given the best opportunity to win that job because he was the one transferring from a Power 5 program. You then went through that twice, and then you have all this tape and all this practice and all that. And so let's just say for argument's sake that Joey Yellen was given opportunities when the score was 35 nothing against San Jose State. Well, then you're still in the same situation you're in right now with Braden Shager leaving. Uh, Yellen and Farrell had had numerous opportunities over the years. Um, now, if you're giving that opportunity to John Chiavi Sangopolutele, it's a little bit different, but there's a reason why Yellen and Farrell were in front of him. It's because they were more developed than he was at that point of the season, and it's probably best that you didn't throw John Chiavi out there in that situation before he's ready because then you start dealing with confidence issues and all that moving forward in the development of a quarterback. All right, let's uh, hit the phone line here real quick before we take another break. More texts to get to as well as we continue on with the show, but uh, we have Paul waiting on the line. Paul, what's happening? I really can't stay, baby. I got to go in the, in, in the transfer portal. I got <laughs> <laughs> waiting for me. Baby, I got to go in the... Uh, anyway, uh, it's a work in progress there, Paul, but yeah. uh, I see where you were going. That's with not that. my third favorite version of this song. <laughs> you get the uh, anyway. Okay, uh, real quick. I, you know, I don't know what UH football uh, recruiting. Sorry, I'm so sorry. The the their means of recruiting is, but I think at this point, and maybe maybe they're going to be the pioneers of this. This is uh, like uh, uh, money ballish. You know, we, we, we remember that is about they were trying to get. The high-value p- players who weren't being paid enough, right? So I think, if especially when UH goes on the road to recruit, I don't know how they're going to do this diplomatically, but they should just have it a reputation where if you got NIL offers, we, we don't want you. But they're going to target the guys who want to play and not getting the NIL offers. You know what I mean? They, those are a lot of guys, but they're just not being focused on. And I, I want your guys' thoughts on that. And, and Kanoa, I think you're the tonic to uh, Bill Walton. If ESPN doesn't pair you with him all the time, I don't know. They're, they're crazy because I think I, I've watched Bill Walton, and he drove those other guys crazy. But you, you stuck to it, man. And I owe you nothing. You don't owe me nothing. I'm telling you the truth here. You're, you're the tonic to this guy. You guys make a good pair. I don't know if you can tolerate him. But I think, <laughs> I think they finally found someone who could be with him. I'll listen up there. Thanks. Hey, thanks a lot, Paul. Very uh, kind words there at the end. Hey, if they want to pair me with a Hall of Famer, I'm never going to say no to that. That's for sure. That was uh, one of the thrills of a lifetime, uh, certainly in this business. Um, what he's saying, though, about the uh, sort of targeting non-NIL players. Um, okay, that, can I, can I just jump go, in? Just take it. Just take it. So that was Braden Jager. And then he, you got him. And then he succeeded. And then he left. Because then he played himself into being an NIL player, right? And so... That's what the University of Hawaii is doing. I mean, that's what they've done for many, many years. And now the game has changed a little bit. But, I mean, you even look now, they, they just got a, a, a commitment from running back Christian Vaughn, who is a top JC running back out of California. And, yeah, I mean, that's what you're getting right there. Now, if Christian Vaughn comes here and he rushes for 1,000 yards, well, then the re-recruitment begins again. And you need to try and keep him here. So it doesn't matter how you get these guys. It's that college football is what college football is at this time. And this is going to happen. I mean, if you bring in someone with no offers and he succeeds, 
this is still a possibility that yeah. this person's going to leave. And I will uh, follow that up by saying here before we take a break that that's not the worst thing in the world either. It's kind of, you know, we go back to the analogy of head coaches at the collegiate level. You hire a young head coach, this aspiring head coach, maybe it's his first head coaching job like what Timmy Chang is, is experiencing. And if they have a level of success, like Nick Rolovich, for instance, over four years, they have a level of success that then draws attention from a power conference team and they end up going that way um you did a good job in your hiring that means that you actually mm -hmm. did a great job assessing your candidates and you brought in a coach who obviously put together something that worked and i think you'd rather have that even for that short window of time and then say aloha to that person um then the alternative of hiring someone who's loyal as heck but maybe you're kind of stuck in a little bit more of of that kind of mediocre range right I'm I'm super in, I mean beyond intrigued to see if this ends up becoming a part of the recruitment brochure of of, of if you start selling that to programs like hey Braden Shager came into this program we developed him into this you know x amount of thousand yard passing guy and touchdown to interception ratio look how much better he got over the time he ended up leaving for school x. But then after that, we got this guy in here and this is what he was able to do. I mean, it's really interesting because I think in years past, before this current world that we're in, you'd probably ignore those players. You wouldn't talk about those players ever again. But now it behooves you to not... Yeah. sell and celebrate the fact that you're able that's to do that in the same way that you're going to celebrate Stephen McBride. Yeah, that's right? almost the way around it, right? I mean, it's like, hey, we'll get you paid yeah. eventually. You just got to come here, ball for us. And then we've, it, we've made it happen for other guys. And then it becomes your job to make sure that that doesn't happen. Do everything in your power sure, sure, to make course. sure that they want to stay here. And sure, that, of course. And, and, and that's happening. Pofele Ashlock is every bit as much of a prospect, quote-unquote, than Braden Shager. To this point, he's not leaving the program. UH did their job. The state of Hawaii did the job in keeping that player here yeah. for this season, right? And so, you know, everyone sees Braden Shager leaving. Well, there's a, probably about 45 other players that could have done the same thing and didn't. So you need to start changing the skew of what's going yeah. on here. Right? That's interesting. God, what a weird world we live in now. <laughs> and what a weird phrase weird world is. <laughs> All right. Um, win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. All right. We'll see if we can get to a couple more texts, a couple other questions as well, uh, perhaps off the Braden Shager topic when we come back with Robbie D. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Very much in the holiday mood here in the Pacto Studios in Honolulu. Roasting some marshmallows over an open fire. The fire alarms want uh -oh. to go off. Oh, the sprinklers have just that. started. Oh, and all this electrical equipment, we're about to get electrocuted. This is a bad scenario here. This and yet it wasn't the biggest mishap on this show. <laughs> exactly. It is the second biggest blunder <laughs> yeah. that we have uh, experienced here on the show today. Uh, all right, no blunder when Robbie D's in the house. Rob DeMello, KHON2 Sports, uh, joining me, Kanoa Leahy, here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. 808-296-1420 is the number. Text into that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, got a couple of texts. One, uh, I think this is I think this is aimed at Braden Shager. I'm not sure, but uh, it just says, have fun handing the ball off. <laughs> like, all right, okay. Uh, making, your, uh, making your feelings known there. 
Uh, we got another one. What's the latest on Rice? Uh, still plans to commit. Got offered by Kansas State a couple of days ago. Talking about Devon Rice, the mm-hmm. running back for uh, Bishop Gorman, who is a verbal commit to Hawaii. Uh, but yes, does have that Kansas State offer on the table. There are varying reports as to uh, what the level of warmth to that offer is. Um, but yeah, anything that you've heard on that front? There, I have Robbie? not, and so um, I I don't know the where that stands with Rice uh, again at Colorado State. Uh, at that game on Saturday, he seemed committed and seemed like, you know, kind of the when the question was asked, like, yeah, why would you ask that, right? And But since then, has gotten a Kansas State offer, and so that could change things, but we'll, we'll wait and see. All right, we'll go uh, one more text, and then uh, maybe we'll talk about something that's not Braden Shaker. Yeah, related. good luck yeah, with good that. Good luck with that, you're right. Um, uh, we got a text that says, Timmy Chan can be the John Calipari of college football. Come to UH for one year, and we get you a big NIL deal <laughs> the following year. Ha ha, sigh. I don't think this texter loves that idea, but, uh, you know, re- reality kicks in, and you got to do what you got to do to survive and compete in this realm and if you're going to get a few seasons uh, quality seasons with a player that yeah you put some development into and then ultimately cashes in elsewhere uh, I think you'll still take those positive seasons if they are in fact positive so I got a question um you know when we when you think about how does college football make this better how do you put the guardrails how do you make it fair how do you make it so the players can still accomplishes things and get their value and you know but at the same time there being some some law to it and so it's not the wild wild west right coaches sign contracts to where if they leave early they got to buy themselves out of these contracts or the school that they're going to buys themselves out of the contract and how do how would you feel about that if something's put into place whether it's a situation where contract or not contracts but uh, scholarship agreements aren't year by year but instead become you can sign players to multiple year scholarship agreements. So maybe one, maybe there is a player that you're recruiting and it's a, it's a year by year, like everybody else. Right. But then it's a quarterback. You're really trying to get the gem of your recruiting class and you sign them to a two year or to a three year and they can't leave until those years are up. Or if there's a buyback, right. Where, Hey, if this other school wants you, that's cool. You can leave. You can break Ah, your scholarship agreement, but the University of Texas El Paso or whatever needs to buy out your scholarship, which essence with which essentially is money, right? It's 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 the tuition. So they need to buy out of your tuition. I mean, how would you feel about that? Yeah, and that's an interesting one. Um, you know, that's very much just like professional sports, right? When you have uh, a trade or something and another team assumes the responsibility of the remaining value of the trades, contract. bro. What uh, if we trades. ever see trades? <laughs> Man, that would be, that would be <laughs> oh unbelievable. That would be unbelievable. Um, <laughs> like, uh, we want to get your quarterback here at the University of Hawaii. We will also put in five nights at the Kahala <laughs> yeah. Hotel or the Outrigger reef or something like that i don't know um that would be hilarious uh i think that that's ultimately we're 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 just on the road the pathway that's eventually going to lead to just this being a full-blown professional enterprise right so even with what the ncaa president just recently talked about about that sub-tier of programs that would in essence be willing to pay their student athletes directly whether it be through a trust fund or otherwise they would basically put their student athletes on some kind of annual payment plan uh, beyond just what is the uh, current you know scholarship and cost of 
attendance and all of that stuff. Um, and so what I think is eventually going to happen is you're going to have these uh, superior programs in terms of money and budget and all of that stuff. And what's going to happen, especially in football, uh, I think they're just going to end up being these professional uh uh, these professional uh, teams and, and organizations that are attached to the uh, school or institution, but they're not going to be attached to the rest of the college athletics program. So they're going to be basically subsidiaries of kind of like what you see, say, in Japan. And these football teams that, uh, you know, sign players, a lot of Hawaii players have gone and they play under the IBM title or another corporate sponsor or corporate entity or something like that. And so you're going to have probably an Alabama or Oklahoma or a Texas basically professional football team that operates as kind of this subsidiary business attached to those institutions, but they're going to be separate from the college athletic programs themselves. It's, uh, it's, I feel like that's kind of where we're going to be headed. Yeah, and the only difference between, let's say, an XFL or the NFL from college is that there's an expiration date to how long you can play in this product. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what I mean, that's where this thing is driving to, man. I mean, th- this train is on its way. And doesn't and it just stink? Like, yeah, doesn't, because, it, doesn't all of this talk just feel oogey and dirty and just gross? Yeah. You know, at the same time, um, there's an argument to be made that before all this started, it was oogey and gross in regards to the players. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and just so there's no middle ground. There's no perfect yeah. world. There's no. And um, I think what is happening right now, like in this moment in 2023, is probably the best thing where players can create their own value and all that. But I just think that there needs to be some guardrails put in place that aren't currently well, there. It, 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 what's happening now is the necessary thing. You couldn't continue with the previous model where you had this like amateurism uh, structure that was within this bubble of capitalism where everybody on the outside is making money hand over fist, right? The institutions, college television sponsors market all that stuff um but the players the labor force was not seeing any of the value within that massive amount of revenue and money you just couldn't do that that was impossible the problem was that we introduced all of that money on the periphery to begin with and if there was just something that was a little bit more um that that reigned some of that in a little bit more with consideration of hey what about like the the broader picture and the health of all of these programs and we're sort of all in this together but instead you know you have that sort of power five mentality of hey let's create a construct that benefits us we'll make all the money we'll maintain all the power and that will just continue to roll over and roll over until the gap is so wide and then that bubble bursts and now you got to pay the labor force themselves we are up against a commercial break sorry robbie i know you have something to say but uh, that's how censorship works here around here. Uh, you have a timer on that. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or kahala.com. We'll be back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. we got like a little over a minute here, Robbie D. So uh, let's get to our best and worst. What's your best? In-season tournament in the NBA oh. has been awesome. I remember when it was first announced and I heard so many people saying that this thing is so lame and no one's going to care. And it's like, you love the Maui Invitational. Why wouldn't you love this? Uh. 
And the New Orleans Pelicans are in the semifinal Big today, game. bro. This is like the biggest game in the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans history. Uh, I'm exaggerating, but it's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for you and not LeBron in that matchup. Uh, <laughs> the court looks amazing, too, in Vegas, by the way. Uh, my best, Carissa Moore, Zeke Lau, were on Maui yesterday uh, donating surfboards to Lahaina Luna student athletes. Surfing, of course, a sport over there on Maui. Uh, and just it was a really cool gesture. Again, part of that Luna Strong campaign that was spearheaded by Keith Amemiya. So well done. Chef's kiss to those two. Yeah, awesome. My worst is uh, Shohei Otani. Hurry up and sign with someone already, okay? So I can move on with my life. Uh, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, it's taking a while. All right, my worst is uh, the college numbers for Tim Boyle, who now is a part-time starter oh, in the yeah. NFL. Have you seen this? Over three yeah. years at UConn from 2013 to 2015, he threw one touchdown. And guess how many interceptions? 13. Oh. 13 interceptions to one touchdown. Hey, good on him, man. Hey, made it to the NFL. You can too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Robbie.